0: I don't know what's going on. I don't quite understand it. Um, With the whole ISIS thing and troops in the Middle East and should we or shouldn't we? And Negotiations in Afghanistan, of course. Top commander says U.S. will rely on allies to stop ISIS from resurging in Syria is a story in the Washington Examiner uh, today. We had some reports in the last week that if we uh, if we pull out, ISIS will be back uh, and strong within six months. We had um, Liz Sly from the Washington Post on to say that ISIS was down to one square mile. I'm having trouble reading this story.
2: Mike Lyons, uh, longtime CBS News military analyst, joins us to discuss the sand countries once again. And just I'm going to d- 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 throw him a, a two-strike curveball in a bit and talk about Venezuela. But Mike joins us now. Hello, Mike. How are you,
3: sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. It's it's always a pleasure.
0: If ISIS is indeed down to one square mile, how are they going to be back and strong in six months if we pull out?
3: Yeah, a lot of weightlifting and diets. I, I don't know. I mean, the bottom <laughs> line is it's in, it's in so many people's interest to prop up an enemy to have it in the Middle East and to keep propping it up because it it just, you know, it pays bills. It allows us to write stories on it. We can allocate military resources towards it. But if you look at the reality of the situation, um, it's not in America's interest to be inside of Syria. You saw the president over the weekend say to Margaret Brennan, that we're going to stay in Iraq because we can keep an eye on Iran from there. And, and that's what the generals are telling them, of course, because that's really what we're doing. But now it's, it's taken the Iraqi government and thrown it into a flux because they're insulted that we're actually doing that in, inside of their country. So. I, I still think the president's instinct is right top to bottom about getting troops out of these locations if we don't have any long-term strategy to be there. And if we're there just to you know, be in the middle of things, um, it, it's, just, it's just not in the interest of, of our youth of America that we're going to ask to go give their lives for their country, basically.
2: Well, I think you've described it beautifully. We're there to be in the middle of things, keep an eye on Iran, keep uh, Iraq from becoming completely an Iranian uh, client state, and then having a semi-occupation of Afghanistan, I guess, to enforce whatever agreement the Afghan government, and I'm using quotes there, and the Taliban mm-hmm. come up with. I think that is the strategy.
3: Right. My, my friend Scott Miller was on the four-star that commands in Afghanistan. He was very sober about the situation there. Um, there's not a military solution at this point. We're going to have to negotiate. Um, it's a generational problem. You know, a report came out the other day that we still don't have trained enough Afghan pilots. We need 160 Blackhawk pilots in order for the Afghan military to be considered successful. We still can't come up with 160 of them in a country of you know 350 million people. We can't get 160 of them trained to fly a helicopter. So all, all of the generational things that happen in, in Afghanistan haven't been fixed in the last you know 20 years plus. Um are negotiate with the Taliban. We'll be out of there, and if we see, you know, guys and videos of guys jumping around on monkey bars and AK-47s, we'll attack them with drones. But, but, Afghan is going to be turned over to the Afghan people.
2: Do you think that point of view is going to hold sway?
3: Well, I don't know. Good question. It's going to come down to you know. In in the past, a lot of it. You know, John McCain has such an influence when he was the chairman of the House, House Armed Services Committee. He, there's no way he would approve us leaving out of there. And he, in some cases, the Senate and the, these politicians do have more power than the president. Uh, and I think it just gets back to whether Lindsey Graham and the folks on the, uh, on the uh, I guess uh, on the House on, on the Senate Services Committee will do the same thing. It's um, the guy from Nebraska is the is the new chairman. I think he's going to be well line with what trump wants to do and i wouldn't be surprised if we cut the troops out of there by half at least before uh his re-election or his the, the re-election back in, in 2020
0: isis was one of the stories out of the um the intel chiefs when they reported to congress last week and the the media making a big deal of uh you know trump in disagreement with his intel chiefs or doesn't listen or doesn't read briefing books and all this different stuff mm-hmm. attacking trump Because uh, you had uh, people with uh, uniforms on saying ISIS is still a threat and they'll be back in tough. Um, So so are you saying they just they they just take that point of view because they want to continue the military machinery going that direction Or, or, or what is what is the inertia of that?
3: Well, it's it's in their best interest from a risk perspective to align themselves with the least risk-averse position there is, and that is status quo. Let's not do anything. Let's keep changing the way we are. Things are going fine. But Donald Trump is no different than any president in the past that takes intelligence information and uses it in the manner that he wants to. And in this case, he uses it in an opposite manner. You know, he, he – he, brings up this great relationship we have with north korea he thinks things are going worse in iran than, than they are um he he is again like the last two that have taken this intelligence information and used it for whatever benefit he's wanted to do
2: mike lyons uh, military analyst on the line dropping bombs of plain spoken wisdom you're talking about how uh, military and intelligence executives as it were behave a lot like i don't know entertainment executives or other executives the smartest thing they do i I remember i'll put it this way david letterman once said that uh tv executives jobs is having their job at the end of the day and so what you're saying is if you advocate the status quo and it goes poorly you're at much less risk career-wise than if you advocate a change
3: yeah, exactly. Okay. And and you look at the, the Army, I still think, you know, I, I, I'm Army green through and through, obviously. And I mean, my son will go into the Navy. I've got to shift a little bit of loyalty there in some regards here shortly. But the bottom line is the Army struggles for a mission. And it's struggling. And, and right now, if we come out of the Middle East like what the president wants to do, the army's really going to struggle for a mission. The Navy will continue to get funded because the Navy projects power in the South China Sea. The Air Force gets funded. It's a strategic weapon. But it's the Army that endures this great hardship in the Middle East. and It's the Army that will have those casualties. And, and, and from my perspective, it, it's just time to come back and reinvent the whole process as to what that we want our military to do.
0: Well, that's interesting
3: stuff. That
2: is tremendous. So a a shift, as uh, I mentioned. Is there any role for the United States military beginning with uh, providing humanitarian aid and ending with a uh, a land invasion in Venezuela?
3: Well, let's hope it's the aid, and it's humanitarian aid, and let's hope it's in a peaceful transition because that's such a tinderbox that could take place. I mean, we're, we're really looking much like the 1990s right now. Afghanistan's going to return back to the Taliban in power, and you're going to have these— Central American um, revolutions that are taking place. It, what could happen there is all a function of what the army does. If the army decides to turn against its citizens, you'll have um, a bloodbath in the streets as, as that military is well-funded and is well-prepared to do anything. Um, if, the, if you can get a transition of power, if there's another election, if there's something then perhaps um, it'll happen peacefully, but we've got to be especially careful. It's a good example of reallocating of resources. Uh, maybe that, that does become the mission for our Army. Maybe we do, not from an occupation perspective, but let's focus towards our own hemisphere, clean up our backyard, and then maybe that's the goal for the next 10 years. It would be something that I think uh, people can get their arms around.
2: Hey, do you have or are you going to write a book or do you have a blog or anything that we can turn people on to? Because this is really good stuff.
3: Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a book someday. It's called You Gotta Write a Letter, and it's going to be about that everything I've ever done in my life always happened because I wrote a letter to something or somebody, and oh. I keep sitting down. I start to write it, but then I get it. You know, but no, I've, I've got to get There's something
0: good on, on TV. I know how that is. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and you're being a <laughs>
3: dad. and yeah. I'm going to write a bunch of them. I'm going to write, you know, Puberty Changes Everything. That'll be about my coaching career, you know, coaching little kids. Amen to that. We could <laughs> bond over that. O- I'm, I'm yeah. a master of the obvious.
2: You know what? It, it's funny, Mike. I've considered writing a book many times, and every time I have the same thought, there are plenty of books.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no one's going to read it. It's that, it's that whole thing. No one's going to read it anyway. So.
2: supply without demand. Uh, Mike Lyon, CBS News military analyst. Mike, fabulous as always. We can't thank you enough. Great guys, thanks for
0: having me. Thanks. Oh, interesting. He's a lot yeah. closer to Rand Paul than he is to all of the mainstream media, who all of a sudden is in love with fighting endless wars because Trump's the president. Yeah, but yeah,
2: but he arrives at it through such an interesting, uh, you know, path as a major in the army and an artillery commander and and uh, Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm, awarded the Bronze Star, et cetera. He knows what he is talking about. From that point of view, from a soldier's point of view, and he arrives at a lot of the same conclusions that, uh, you know, Rand Paul does, you know, via his road. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: not discounting all of Mike Lyon's experience, which is vast and all that sort of stuff, but some of it's pretty damned obvious, it seems to me, and has been for years. Afghanistan's going to end up in the hand of the Taliban. We can't stop that.
2: Right. And any agreement we forge with them will not be worth the goat skin it's printed on. Um <laughs> Uh, Unless we, you know, there are certain boundaries which will not, cannot be crossed. Right. And and we are close enough to send something horrific from the sky to remind them of that.
0: Some of our hanging around is keeping an eye on Iran. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of what we thought for a long time.
2: And now the Iraqis have their uh, their panties in a wad. Sorry to hear that. Maybe we can ship them some good American-made panties. Got it? Which are probably made in China.
1: Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring?